Hi, welcome back to Feel Good Murders. My name is Kayla and just thank you so much for joining me today, whether you're on YouTube or Spotify. I get so excited to sit down and record these episodes. I mean, I really love it. So thank you guys so much. Someday we're gonna look back because this is just the very beginning of this podcast and we're gonna look back and it's just gonna be so different. I really want to, like on YouTube, I wanna get a whole background and everything, but in the meantime, thanks for sticking around. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. And if you're on Spotify, be sure to follow. If you're feeling ambitious, you could give me a rating. <laughs> but most of all, just thank you for being here. And let's get started. Today, I'm going to be telling you about Brandon Swanson, a 19-year-old college student who seemingly vanished into thin air. Brandon Swanson was born on January 30th, 1989 in Marshall, Minnesota. And I don't keep meaning to choose cases that have connections to me, but that's also my birthday, not the same year, which is weird. But anyway, he was born in 1989. And so when this case takes place, it is 2008 and he is 19 years old. Brandon was attending Minnesota West Community and Technical College, and interesting fact, he was studying wind turbines there. I have never heard of that before, but pretty cool. So Brandon lived with his parents and typically commuted to and from class. This wasn't like a four-year university, so he actually lived at home, commuted to class. On May 14th, 2008, Brandon had just finished his classes for the semester and him and a couple of friends had maybe actually more than a couple of friends, but he had decided that he wanted to celebrate. It's the end of the semester, it's summer, he wants to have fun. So he planned on going to two parties that night or maybe just kind of get togethers. It doesn't seem like it was anything crazy. The first one he went to was in Lind, Minnesota, which was close to his hometown, Marshall. And the second one was in Canopy, Minnesota, which was about 35 miles from his house. So he went to these parties, you know, maybe blew off some steam from the semester. A friend had noted that they saw him drinking, but he certainly didn't seem drunk or impaired by any means. So like I said, Brandon commuted every day to and from school. And normally he would have taken Minnesota Highway 68, which is the most direct route back to his house. But that night when he was leaving these parties or get-togethers, he decided to take some back roads. I'm guessing it's because he had been drinking. Again, his friend said he wasn't drunk or impaired, but I'm guessing he was just trying to be safe, probably avoid the police. Sometime close to 1 a.m., Brandon, for an unknown reason, veered his car off of the road and couldn't get it back on the road, so he called his parents for help. So he called his parents and he's like, I'm only 10 minutes away from home. So his parents are like, oh, absolutely, we'll come get you. We're on our way. So they go to go find him. So for safety reasons, they stayed on the phone with Brandon the whole time. But his parents had a really hard time finding Brandon. So they're driving around, they're looking for him, they're on the phone with Brandon, and they're getting frustrated, and they're flashing their headlights, hoping Brandon will say, oh, I see you, and walk up to the car. But at one point, Brandon said, quote, don't you see me? But they couldn't find him. They didn't see him anywhere. It was dark, it was the middle of the night, but still, they couldn't locate Brandon. Eventually, giving up, Brandon said, okay, I'm going to walk back to my friend's house in Lind, which again is supposed to be nearby. So Brandon's dad takes his mom home, drops her off, and then he heads back out to Lind to go meet Brandon. And they're still on the phone together at this point. 
So Brandon had left his car on the side of the road and he's walking by himself in the middle of the night through these woods to go meet his dad. And he says, hey dad, meet me at the parking lot of this nightclub in Lind and I'll meet you there. So on his way to this nightclub, he's walking alone in the dark. It seems Brandon had crossed a field to go towards this nightclub. And then on the call, his dad heard his son say, oh shit and then complete silence and the call dropped. So naturally the parents are freaking out. They're calling him back over and over and over again. And eventually the calls just start immediately going to voicemail. And we know that that means that either the phone was turned off or it died. So now their son is alone in the middle of the night, in the middle of nowhere with no working cell phone. So they are obviously so freaked out. Brandon's parents and some of Brandon's friends begin driving around on the back roads in the farmland looking for him that night, but nothing turns up. At 6.30 a.m. the next morning, Brandon's mom, Annette, went to report Brandon missing to the Lind police. And police apparently responded by saying, well, sorry, he's a young adult. He's 19. He's out partying. It's normal for people his age to be out. So that couldn't have felt good. But it sounds like they did come around because later that day, police did begin searching for Brandon and they also called in help from the county police to search for him as well. Hours are going by and nothing is coming of this search, so police attempt to look into Brandon's cell phone to find more information. Thankfully, the cell phone was still functioning, so they were able to triangulate his last phone call with his dad to pinpoint a location of where he was. And this is what gets me about this case. The cell phone location was triangulated to a spot 20 miles from where Brandon said he was, or where he thought he was. Did he know he was telling his parents the wrong spot? Did he not? We don't know. So police bring an extensive search to where Brandon's cell phone call was triangulated to. They bring police canines, they do air surveillance, and hundreds of volunteers gathered to help find him. Later that afternoon, Brandon's car was found in Porter, Minnesota. And with the car, they didn't find Brandon, and they also didn't find any signs of foul play. The police used their canines to track Brandon's scent from where the car was found in the ditch to Yellow Medicine River, which was three miles from the car. It sounds like the river was flowing very quickly and very roughly, and so the dogs lost the scent in the river. And not only did the dogs lose their scent, but they didn't find anything. They didn't find Brandon. They didn't find Brandon's personal property. Nothing. It seemed like Brandon just vanished into thin air. They can't find any trace of him. And that's so scary because what do you do then? You already used the dogs and that didn't lead to anything. There's no witnesses. What do you do? Later that year in 2008, emergency support services identified an 122 square mile area where they thought Brandon was most likely to be. And that's great, but that's a lot of area. So the problem was that that area was a lot of farmland and some farmers refused to allow their property to be searched because it was harvest season and they didn't want the dogs to be on their land. So a lot of this land has still gone unsearched. And to this day, Brandon has never been found. So this is now a cold case in Minnesota, but there are lots of theories out there about what could have happened to Brandon. And if you go on Reddit, you can certainly see some of these, but I'm going to tell you the most common one. So some people think that maybe Brandon had a mental breakdown and he committed suicide. 
but he had no prior history of mental illness or any other pre-existing condition, so his parents really didn't think that was the case. Some people think that maybe he drowned in the river, but authorities think that that's not likely because the cadaver dogs would have found him and his body never turned up. Some people even think that maybe he disappeared on purpose, but man, I really think that would be a stretch. For me, honestly, what gets me is the fact that he was telling his parents a location that was 20 miles from where he actually was. And to me, that would lead me to believe that maybe he was on drugs. And I'm not saying that Brandon was a drug user, but he was at a party. Maybe somebody put something in his drink. And I know that's still kind of lofty because... Again, his body was never discovered, and again, his parents said that he was totally coherent on the phone, so it doesn't make complete sense, but that's where my mind went. And this case remains unsolved today. And this is Feel Good Murder's first ever unsolved case. And you know what I think is weird about this one is that it's not even technically a true crime case, right? I mean, there's no evidence of foul play. There's certainly no evidence of not foul play, but we don't know and we may never know what happened to Brandon and that's what makes me crazy about unsolved cases because I just want to know and usually I feel like there's somebody out there that knows something but in this one we just may never know. Hopefully we do because more than anything I just hope that Brandon's parents can get some sort of closure because just not knowing has to be the worst. There are reports that say that Brandon's parents pretty much have come to the realization that their their boy is not going to come home, but they still leave the light on in their house just in case. And quick fun fact, in 2009, Minnesota lawmakers passed Brandon's Law, which, if I understand it correctly, it basically means that Minnesota police have to immediately investigate missing persons cases. Sounds like before the case was that they had to immediately investigate missing juveniles, but this law changed it to anyone. And that is the story of the bizarre disappearance of Brandon Swanson. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Feel Good Murders, and as always, I hope it distracted you from what you have going on in your life. I know this week I really needed this, so I'm so happy that you guys are here, and I'll see you next time. Be good and feel good. Bye!